0: Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate.
1: Say you don't need no
2: diamond rings, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy.
0: I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. This is Talk Radio 680
2: WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here in Money, Riches, and Wealth. I'm on an open show tonight with my co-host, a new, new, new co-host, Leo LaVeza. Leo, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing great, Drew. How
2: are you? I am here and doing fantastic. I'm looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving and the holidays coming, favorite time of year. Uh, but tonight, we're just on an open been show tonight to answer your questions our listeners get to be the uh, guest they get to direct the conversation tonight they may say hey I want to talk about Social Security and Medicare hey I, I want to talk about my 401k I want to talk about you know IRAs I want to talk about end-of-year tax planning I want to talk about auto and home insurance I want to talk about whatever if it's a topic that's near and dear to you that you say hey if you could help me with this that would be extremely beneficial you can call in at 410 and nine two two six6680 and direct the conversation tonight ask any question we're here to demonstrate what a true professional financial advisor should do they should be able to help you like doctors of personal finance they should be able to help you with any topic uh, dealing with your personal finance and too many people out there you're hiring somebody a stockbroker or somebody you know, who claims to be a financial advisor, all they do is invest and sell you insurance products. And really what you should get is comprehensive tax advice, comprehensive advice in all areas of personal finance without an economic bias, without selling the products, helping you and directing you and educating you in all areas of personal finance, just like your doctor would do for you. They should be independent. They should be fee only. They should be fiduciaries at all time. And but yet most people listening who think they have a financial advisor, I bet you your advisor does not stand up to the criteria that I just mentioned, being able to answer and help you with all comprehensive advice and being independent fee only fiduciaries. Um, And you you need to think about that. Why am I doing what I'm doing with the financial advisor that I have? Um, You should be thinking about that seriously. That's why we do this show. It doesn't mean you have to come talk to the consulate. We're just saying that you should at least go look at NAFa and see the people of the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors all stand by that those uh, criteria, independent fee-only fiduciaries, comprehensive knowledge, well-educated, credentialed, and experienced in all areas of personal finance like doctors of personal finance. And that's what you should be looking for for your advisor. Anyway, we're on an open show, 410-922-6680 if you want to call in and ask a question. Leo, um, I'm assuming nobody's online or you would have told me, yes.
0: <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's not true. at the moment. Yep.
2: So Leo's one of our, like Jackson last week, is one of the new associates in the firm. You just got your uh, CFP. When did, you, when did you get your CFP?
0: I, I passed the exam a year ago. Um, okay. Yep. So still working on the getting the experience requirement fulfilled.
2: You still have to get me to sign off that you got the experience, right?
0: That's right. I got to get you a nice Christmas present.
2: There you go. Well, <laughs> you know, but you you know, you have two things. You you have to get the experience for the CFP to get the credential, but then in our firm we also have a criteria that you have to have about five years of experience before. You get to work with individual clients just like a doctor would do with interns when i w- when i was in this industry uh, leo they they gave me two weeks of sales training threw me out on the street told me i was a financial advisor and you know most firms do that same thing today anyway we have ralph in westminster let's go to ralph what can we do for you ralph
1: all right so the last three years i've itemized federal taxes because i want to itemize the maryland taxes
2: and okay. now that
1: the exemption has gone up, and Maryland supposedly is going to go easier on seniors, what's your opinion on that?
2: You still should do it, absolutely. Now you see, you know, Maryland's thing is is actually going to enhance what you did by um, you know forcing itemization on the federal tax return. With what right. Maryland did is just going to put more money in your pocket, so you're still going to get all the benefit from that. And, and what Maryland will give you is just going to be an extra enhancement to it as long as your income as a married couple is under $150,000.
1: Right. Now, I, I read that it's gone up for a married couple to 27700 and we're both seniors, and it was 27800 before, but I've seen nothing about them raising it, the federal exemption for seniors Proportionally, do you know if they're doing that?
2: So, when you say the exemption, you're talking about the standard deduction on the yeah, federal standard, tax I'm sorry, return. The
1: sta- I'm sorry, the standard deduction, yes,
2: on the federal tax return, right? And the federal tax return for two people over sixty-five, I think it's, I think it's twenty-eight thousand a few hundred dollars for twenty twenty-three. Oh, oh. I mean, twenty twenty-two tax return.
1: So it's twenty-eight thousand, okay?
2: Twenty-eight thousand, right? So you're going to if you're going to get your your itemized deductions up in that twenty four, twenty five category to typically make it worthwhile. Now, there are some unique situations where I could have somebody at nineteen thousand itemized deductions and even though the standard's twenty eight, it's still going to work for them. so never, never assume that because they are a certain number, it's not going to work. Always do the calculation. Right. Right. All right, my friend
1: very good
2: thank you all right good question very good we're going to be back with money riches and wealth
0: now back to more of money riches and wealth on talk radio 680 wcbm
2: we're back money riches and wealth we're on an open show we have a few callers online And Leo's going to go to them in a second. Uh, As I say, we're on an open show, 410-922-6680, if you want to call and ask a question. Leo, who's up next?
0: Next, we've got Bob in Westminster. Bob, how can we help you tonight?
1: Thank you, much, and I appreciate your show. I have a question regarding my wife who turned 72 this year. And as you know, they had a secure 1.0 about two years ago. But now they've been talking about Secure 2.0, but I haven't heard any information whether you think they're going to pass that, which will extend my wife's eligibility, uh, the program eligible for an IRA until uh, she turns 73.
2: Yeah, um, at this point in time, we don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they've been actually talking about Secure 2.0 since early 2021. I think it was 2021 yeah, yeah and they said true. that there was high probability it was going to pass in 2021 never happened now they're saying there's a lot of support for it in 2022 but i don't think it's going to pass be honest with you i don't think that the uh the republicans want any now that they seem like they're going to control the house um i don't think they want any uh thing that even could remotely come across as if Joe did anything good, so I'm, I'm not counting on it, but I could be surprised, my friend.
1: Yeah, I got the same feeling, so I'm thinking now I just might as well take my wife. Uh, you know, she's got a traditional IRA, so she'll have to take that traditional IRA this year rather than it up it by next April, and then you've got to pay for two IRAs.
2: Well, remember, in the first it year, you, you yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't wait until April, and then you have yeah. to take out two next two. year. So you, yeah. you know these laws pretty well. Good good job there, my friend. Well, I listened to you partly
1: as one of the reasons why I know what oh, I know. But I, I, I'll you let go. you go to the calls, and thank you very much, and keep up the
2: good work. And God bless you and your family, and have a good Thanksgiving holiday. Season. Amen. Thank you, Bob. Take care. Take care. Bye. Who's up next, Leo?
0: Next up, we have Kirk in Bel Air. Kirk, how can we help you tonight?
2: Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, um, Kirk.
1: My question is about, uh, my wife and I have decided to uh, do the Roth conversions over the next four years. And uh, the question I have, is there any safe harbor for the Medicare premiums? Or no. am I going to take, uh, I'm, uh, the numbers I'm using, I'll be at the maximum if, if there isn't.
2: No, and you got to be careful with Roth conversions. Don't just jump into Roth conversions assuming that, you know, I'm going to pay taxes and then it'll all be tax free from here on. You need to think it out strategically because the whole key to Roth conversions, Kirk, is what's the tax bracket I'm going to pay taxes on today versus what would the tax bracket have been likely in the future? You know, and so, you know, be be real careful in doing too much Roth conversions if you're not Reducing your tax bracket from the day you put it in to the day you take it out. So, for example, let's say you're in the typical 22 24% tax bracket and you say, Well, I just don't want to ever pay tax. I'm just going to blow it all out in the next three years. I'm playing 37% on it and calling it a day. I would tend to say that would be a mistake.
1: Okay, well, I- that, that's, a, that's almost the scenario we're looking
2: at. Um, I would never do that with a client. Uh, now, if, if you, I had a client that moved to, um, to uh, Florida and they were in a 0% state tax bracket, okay, and they're in the 35% bracket with state and federal, okay, and now all of a sudden they're in the 24% just federal bracket, yeah, I would probably push them up to 31%. And and get rid of it, you know, and and because I'm eliminating the state of Maryland taxation on it, now I would probably consider that. But if I'm just sitting in the state of Maryland, and I plan to stay in the state of Maryland. I would be much more strategic about it. And are you charitably inclined, Kirk? Am I? I'm sorry. Are you charitably inclined to give money to charity on a yearly basis? Um, not so much. Okay, well, it's just a question you have to ask, because if you are, you know, qualified charitable distributions get money out of IRAs completely tax free. So if you were giving a lot of money to charity, I'd hate to see you blow all your IRA money to Roth and pay a lot of taxes on it when you could get it out tax free to pay, you know, to do your charitable contributions. So make sure you have a good tax person helping you with this these decisions. Don't just jump into it, assuming that it's going to work out in the long run for you.
1: Well, Drew, the, the, the whole premise is that the, the rates are going to go up.
2: Well, um, that's a premise we, that we know for a fact, but what bracket are you in right now?
1: Right now, 2022. Uh, 22.
2: 22. Uh, so I would, push, I would push up into the 22% bracket, and I would stay below... The uh, you know at least the second tier of Irma surcharges. So in other words, if I were if I were working with you, I'd push you up to maybe two hundred and ten, twenty thousand dollars of income. Okay. That's it. That's about the most I would push it to.
1: And and I am a Maryland resident, so you're considering that that seven percent tax as well.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I'm assuming you're not moving out of Maryland like you know most people are. <laughs>
1: No, it's too late for that.
2: Yeah. I hear you, my friend.
1: Okay, um I'll, I'll follow up to that. So if we do this Roth conversion between now and the end of the year, um, I retired at the end of 21, and, and uh, we've been living off of our um, previously taxed savings. So I've not reported any income. So if we well, do that, um, I'm going to have a look-back penalty on my Medicare premium. And also, can I do a 2210 to avoid the, the income tax? a uh, penalty on late payment if I pay the tax like in December?
2: Um. Well, what I always do is if you do it as a withholding from an IRA, it's it's considered equal throughout the okay. year. Okay. Okay. So, so that's the right. way you do it. You do it as a withholding from your IRA, okay? And
1: I can work with Fidelity to get that number right. Yep.
2: Yep. All right, my friend. Good question. Lots of things going on. Make sure you have a tax expert. Helping you through that decision process. Okay. One
1: one more thing. But when when I go when they look at my income, uh, I'm paying the minimum Medicare now. One seventy. When I report my income, it's going to blow that out.
2: So that won't be until the next the next uh, two years from now. Will be in 2024 that that'll happen.
1: Okay. So and they won't give me a penalty
2: for this. No. 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 Okay. Not unless you filed an SSA 44. You filed an SSA forty four and said your income was only gonna be one sixty this year and then you made it three twenty, that would definitely be a problem. Okay. All right?
1: All right, thank you very much.
2: Appreciate it. All right, good question. We're gonna go to the next caller. Who's up? We got only a few minutes to go. Who's we got?
0: That's right. We've got Mark in Baltimore. Mark, you got Drew and Leo. How can we help you tonight?
3: Yes. Sir. Good evening, Drew and Leo. Uh, first, and by the way, go Ravens! this coming Sunday against the Panthers. So uh, <laughs> be, uh, go, 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 the Ravens pretty playing pretty good. I'm calling reference about Social Security. Uh, sometime ago, I had turned sixty-two, and that would uh, at this point, because I worked for some time. They, uh, I think, it's the earliest age you could draw Social Security. I guess it's called retirement or something like that. Right. Is that right. Social
2: Security retirement age sixty-two. That's the earliest.
3: Okay. But I am working part-time, and my concern is if you're working part-time, I heard that they may you take... You can only
2: a- earn 19000 a year, and if you make okay. more than that, they're going to take one for two back from you.
3: All right, so every $2 you make, they take one out? Correct. Okay. Uh, what about, and of course, I understand that in January, they, with the rate of inflation, I think the checks have going up the, to 8.7%. So, okay, all right, so I guess the best, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to be making $19,000, but my, the only concern I have is if, if I take the money Social security now, that's it, it is locked, not counting the fact that it, 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 the only way you could get an increase is through inflation. Is that right?
2: No, unless you continue to work and have a new high 35. So let's say you turn 67 and you make $120,000, your social security can be adjusted upward. But, you All know, right. I would. I always discourage my clients from claiming Social Security too early unless they have life expectancy concerns. So if you All have right. medical issues that say I probably won't live to 75 or so, then I'd say go ahead and take it at 62. But if you don't, you have normal life expectancy, I'd wait as long as I can before I start taking Social Security.
3: Okay. All right, well, that's good. Well, listen, thank you so much for your advice, and go mm-hmm. rape us on Sunday
2: all right go thank you, know,
3: you. All
2: right bye-bye thank you for your call yeah i i guess the uh, people think i've got split uh favoritism now that jacksonville jaguars i don't like football to begin with but if i had to root for a team i'd root for the ravens you know <laughs> i like john harbaugh and uh, i think he's a good guy and he does a good job with the team so i'm a ravens fan anyway we got to go Leah. we're on open show 410-922-6680 This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical. And you will experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference.
0: Now, back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM.
2: And we're back. Money, Riches, and Wealth here with my co-host Leo Leveza the first time he's been on the show as a co-host with me it's great having you Leo it's fun being here so far you uh you had a great topic we didn't get a chance to talk about it but we will right now uh, sure. before let me give out the the you say we're on an open show we do have who tim on the line is that what you said we do yep yeah so we're going to take him in one second tim so hopefully you'll hold for me for another minute um, but uh, your topic was the cryptocurrency markets uh, collapsing, FTX filing bankruptcy and so forth. I mean, you know, our, our opinion has always been, why does anybody buy cryptocurrency? It is literally nothing. There's nothing to it. There's nothing behind it. It's just a theoretical thing that people believe has value and they're willing to pay $20,000 for it. Yeah. that It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You, know, you get no income. Right, right. And- you got no assets that you can liquidate in the cryptocurrency to get cash back, unless somebody's willing to give it to you. Um, there's nothing there. It's not like a company. If I own one percent of Amazon, I can go in and take the one percent of my assets, and you know, and the revenues and earnings and so forth. I have a company. I got patents. I got book value. I got all kinds of things. If I have a bond that's paying me five six percent interest today. I get a bond that's paying me five, six percent interest, and the government will will support me to make sure that that company gives me my money. And if they don't, I can go in and possess their assets. You know, but why do people buy cryptocurrencies? I don't understand.
0: Yeah, well it's something that comes just comes out of thin air too. I mean it,
2: it, it is. And and they you know, they say, well it's limited. Yeah, well it's limited in Bitcoin, but then you got Dogecoin and Madeira and Ethereum and Litecoin and so forth. So how limited is it if every day somebody opens up a new cryptocurrency? Anyway, let's go talk to Tim. Who do you got there? That's
0: right. Tim, how can we help you tonight?
3: Ooh, I always enjoy your show, but you stole my thunder. I was going to ask you to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, FTX crypto, but uh, I did want to ask you two questions about it. One, do you think all those politicians that took donations from uh, those people are going to pay back that money? And what can an investor do to avoid being totally and completely uh, taken uh you know, an investor that wants to invest in something. I mean, other than hiring you, what can somebody do to avoid that happening? I'll listen to your uh, off-air, your answer.
2: Okay, good question, Tim. So while I'm ready to answer Tim's question, I just want you to know there's nobody online, right? 410-922-6680 if you want to call in, 410-922-6680. So Tim's question is excellent. And uh, the thing that a lot of people don't realize about the cryptocurrency market is that it was totally, completely unregulated. (laughs) Now hear me. It was completely and totally unregulated. Nobody was watching over them. It was you, the investor, who made the decision to put your money with them and deposit your coins with them and things of that sort but there was no government oversight. There was no um, third party, uh, you know, counsel that, you know, uh, watched over these guys and so forth. They did what they wanted to. They did it however they wanted to. And the only thing that was watching over them was their own, you know, business savvy to make the company run. And, you, you know, the young guy that ran that obviously didn't have a lot of business savvy. As long as the money kept pouring in and cryptocurrency kept going up, it looked like they were geniuses. But, you know, as Warren Buffett has said numerous times, is that when the tide goes out, that's when you find out who's swimming naked. And so when the cryptocurrency started to collapse, you realize that there was a lot of problems in the crypto market and you had it about three or four months ago uh, celsius uh, collapsed um, there was another uh, tether the uh, stable coin collapsed um that was the that was this the original sounding bell that something was wrong and then it just kept collapsing more until all of a sudden you had a big one now you had a whale go down ftx and the question is, is how many more are going to go down now and there's supposedly there's rumor out there that there's there's a lot of problems with a lot more of these exchanges. So my my point is is that I'm not a fan of government, but there are certain things that government does that you really need, and that is uh, oversight of markets and um, the government oversight of the Nasdaq and the and the stock market and the you know the insurance industry and things of that sort is critical. Uh, you know I would never invest in those markets without good government oversight. It's critical for that you know the crypto market just didn't have it anyway i hope that answers your question um again you know we we always said from the very beginning there is nothing behind cryptocurrency it is a it is a a theoretical thing of nothing there's nothing to it if uh somebody said okay i'm going to give you zero for your cryptocurrency you can't go anywhere and say Wait a minute! I own I own something. I own one percent of Amazon, or I own point zero 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 one percent of Amazon. If I own point zero zero one percent of Amazon, the government will make sure that I get point one zero 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 one percent of Amazon, their revenue, their earnings, their book value, you know, whatever, whatever they have. I'll I'll get that if that company's liquidated. Um, same with a bond and so forth. So. Anyway, anybody else online, Leo?
0: We do not have anybody else,
2: but well, it's an open here, show. But That's right. It, you know, you're going to have to ask questions then. So <laughs> let me tell the people the phone number, 410-922-6680. We still have a quarter of the show to go. be a good time to call in and ask your question, 410-922-6680. Um, the other topic that you wanted to talk about tonight, if uh, somebody didn't save you with a question, right, was <laughs> That's right. tax planning at the end of the year. We're doing a lot of that. You've been doing a lot of that yourself uh, with clients, right?
0: We have, yeah. Looking at um, the QCDs, Roth conversions. But you all can't
2: the... use acronyms on the on the radio because not all our listeners know what they are. So what's a QCD?
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, QCD, Qualified Charitable Distribution from and your IRA. And how do you do that? So that's where you take the money that you need to take out of your IRA and you send it directly to uh, charity instead.
2: Right and then it's tax-free exactly and so and we make it very clear to all our clients and we do it over and over and over until it gets through and that is is that um, there is no better way for somebody over 70 and a half years of age if you have pre-tax money in an IRA and right Leo it can only be an IRA right That's right can't do that from a 401k or a 403b it, it's in an IRA then you can give it direct to charity, 100% tax-free, and it even counts towards your required minimum distribution. It's, an, it's a no-brainer, right?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a double whammy in terms of benefit. Yes.
2: That's absolutely. And, and keep in mind, too, Leo, that you don't have to do it only from your required minimum distribution. You can actually do it up to $100,000 of your IRA account every year. So if I'm married, my wife and I can give $200,000 dollars of our IRA 100 percent tax-free to charity if we so choose to. So it's important that you understand that it's not dependent on your required minimum distribution. it's just a hundred thousand per person per year if you want to do it. So- yeah. You know, um, when we come back, Leo, we got to let everybody know that we're on open show. We've got about another 15 minutes to answer calls. We could probably handle about three more callers, four more callers at the most. 410-922-6680. But when we come back, we're going to tell everybody something that you have to do. You hear that? I said have to do. I didn't say you should do. You have to do this. When you come back, you're going to hear what you have to do to improve your finances. Anyway, we'll be right back with Money, Riches, and Wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you will experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410 410- 823-SAVE-410-823-SAVE or go online financialphysical.com That's financialphysical.com It's time you experience the difference.
0: Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM.
2: i have a question for anita and that is is that music or is that some other kind of is your computer equipment going haywire that's the question i have but she's going (laughs) to obviously tell me it's music (laughs) you'd like to see her face right now (laughs) yeah she's she's just shaking her head at me i know She's saying, oh no that's drew going again you know anyway we're on an open show 410-922-6680 and as i said leo i'm going to tell everybody what they have to do, not should do, have to do. And let me say this, you know, you have money sitting in a brick and mortar bank, PNC, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, m and even in these credit unions, Point Breeze Credit Union, MeQ, CQ, whatever. They are ripping you off. You are letting money sit in there at Point zero zero one percent point zero zero one percent and in these credit unions they may be paying you point one percent okay and these online savings accounts are now paying three to three and a half percent now let's let's just put this into into perspective let's say you have a savings account of forty thousand dollars forty thousand dollars you're getting $4 a year of interest from PNC, m and Bank of America, Wells Fargo, CQ, MeQ, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you're sitting there and you're not doing anything about it. You go to Capital One 360, you go to Ally Bank, you go to Marcus Bank, you go to UFB, you go to CIT. These are online savings of banks and they're, they're paying you 3% or more, that's $1,200 of interest a year. Now, if $1,200 is not important to you, or even if it was only 20000 that's still $600 of interest compared to four, you know, or compared to two. Um, I, I don't, I, you know... I, I don't, I, just wouldn't, I don't understand why you sit there and allow them to abuse you like that. And, you know, a lot of people will say to me, well, you know, Drew, I just don't like online banking, uh, or, you know, virtual banks. It's, you know, it's all virtual. Um, and I say, well, how do you deal with your bank? Well, I, I, I do it all online. I do all my bills online. I uh, deposit checks to take pictures on them and so forth, you know, and I go to the ATM machine when I need cash. Well, you know, an online bank sounds like you're dealing with an online bank, but one that's ripping you off. And so, um, you know, it's time that you break through and everybody listening, do themselves a favor this weekend, get yourself an online virtual savings account and eliminate your savings account at brick and mortar banks keep your checking account just ach link it electronically link it to your new online savings account they have to let you do it it's by law they have to let you link it to your online savings account and then you can electronically transfer money back and forth to your online savings account to your checking account anytime you want either way and, and that's what I've been doing for over 16 years. And I can't tell you how much interest I have made compared to you sitting in, an on, in a, a savings account with a brick and mortar bank making virtually zero. And I'm sick and tired of seeing people come into my office with tons of money sitting in savings accounts earning zero percent. And these banks are ripping you off, and they know that you're going to just sit there and accept it. And I'm sick and tired of it. It's time that you break through and go to that online savings guy. Did I make that
0: clear, Leo? I think it was pretty clear. (laughs) I think we got the message. Anybody online, my friend? We do. We have Scott in Catonsville. Scott, how can we help you tonight?
2: Yeah, hi.
1: Hello?
2: Yeah, we're here.
1: I got a question. Uh, At the risk of selling... Silly, um, I never invested in the uh, cryptocurrency because I was very leery about the whole thought of it. Could right? You explain to me what exactly is cryptocurrency. I mean, it's not regulated. Why are people giving their money away?
2: So, cryptocurrency has been promoted as an alternative to currencies that are fiat currencies like the u.s dollar and the euro and so forth okay and they they make a good point in the sense that the u.s dollar technically is nothing right technically the u.s dollar is nothing you cannot go to the u.s government and say take these pieces of paper back I want gold or silver or I want, you know, my share of of Yosemite National Park or whatever the case may be. So, So they're right in that regard. Technically, the U.S. dollar is nothing. But the U.S. dollar is a taxing authority. It is a government with military power. It is a government with immense amount of assets and so forth and it is a government that has uh, that has created this currency that's been accepted for you know a few hundred years that this will buy and sell things in this country so they came up with this virtual currency and and they they secure it through a thing called a blockchain okay blockchain is nothing more than a complicated mathematical equation that every time a transaction is done they have to verify that the that it fits into the algorithm and the progression of the algorithm and the only way you can do that is with multiple computer sources throughout numerous locations okay so it's impossible to monopolize the blockchain you have to have in order to monopolize the blockchain blockchain you would have to monopolize every single person that's involved in the blockchain to verify the algorithm and so that's the security behind it. And they say, because our Bitcoin is limited to just 23 million, it is not like fiat currency that's created out of thin air any time they want to. And, and, and in theory, technically what they're saying is correct. But the, the opposite side of that is there is nothing behind the Bitcoin. It is just a theoretical thing. And people believe that it's a currency. And they're paying money for it. Okay? Now, the the thing that I disagree with with Bitcoin and people like that is that every day somebody can create a new Bitcoin. They created Litecoin, they created Modella, they created doggy coin, they created Litecoin. You know, Ethereum, there's there's tons of them. I think Leo I'm not positive, but I think there's like ten thousand cryptocurrencies now. I think that so that trade yeah. anywhere from few pennies up to bitcoin the highest price one at sixteen seventeen thousand right now so you know it's a it's a it's a theoretical thing but you know here's here's another funny thing scott um and that is is that there are people that are buying real estate on the internet for millions of dollars now put your get your head around that one they're buying an internet you know quote unquote plot of land on a virtual website and they're paying millions of dollars for it this is the kind of crazy stuff that happens and you know we just stay away from that kind of stuff but i gotta run to the next question there my friend good question that you're asking there gary in columbia what do you say
0: leo sounds good gary how can we help you tonight sir
3: hey thanks for taking my call very quickly you were talking about online accounts and getting more interest in cds at brick and mortar banks what about brokerage CDs available at, like, Morgan Stanley? Brokerage
2: CDs are normally a waste of time also. They used to be good, but at least at this point in time, they're still worthless, in my opinion. What you should do at a brokerage firm is the U.S. Treasury money market funds are yielding like three and a quarter, 3.5%, 100% guaranteed by the United States Treasury. That's worth considering, my friend.
3: Well, uh, some of these brokerage CDs are paying apparently 4 to 5% depending upon the term.
2: you got to be very careful about what they're saying, okay? Because sometimes they're talking about structured notes and uh-huh. they're talking about indexes. And if the index does X, then you're going to get 3 or 4%. And if it does Y, you're going to get 1% or 0%, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of that, in my opinion, is is BS. We've looked at them over and over and over, and we've never pulled the trigger and said this is a good deal for our clients.
3: So they're not FDIC approved. They're not a true state. C- they, they
2: are FDIC approved. They are FDIC insured, but uh, they sure. don't they don't pay interest necessarily like a fixed interest. In other words, just not as simple. Hey, Gary, put your money in here. It's four percent. It's okay. more. You put your money in here, and if the S and P five hundred does this, you might get two percent. You might get zero. You might get five. You know, and, okay. and you really got to be really careful and read all the semantics in those documents. Okay. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, good question. Excellent question. We're at the end of the show, Leo. You're a great co-host. You got lots of calls. I think you got more calls than any co-host we've had other than Maddie. Maddie brings in lots of callers.
0: Okay. I'll I'll have to tell her that she wins the contest tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I don't know that it's over yet, Leo. So don't, don't count yourself out, my friend. That's true. This is Drew Tignanelli saying, "God bless."